الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنه من يتق ويصبر فإن الله لا يضيع أجر المحسنين صدق الله العظيم Most respected Ulamai Kiram, brothers and elders. This is something which every person from time to time does. Every person takes into consideration. Every person gives importance to. And that is what is the quality of something. Person is buying some fruit. So now he first turns it around, looks at it, inspects it to see that the quality of it seems right. So outwardly it might be looking like it's very good, but when he takes a closer look at it, then he sees that no, there's problems here. That beneath the surface he can already see something is bubbling. So that is not good enough for him. He's buying a car then the car has been washed and shined and it's sparkling but just the outer looks of that car is not good enough for him he wants to drive it wants to be sure that the quality of everything in there is right so this is something that we do in everything person wants to buy some garment he wants to buy the right quality Sometimes it looks very nice, say no, but this will get worn out in a couple of washes. Not good enough. So he might pay extra, but he'll pay the extra for the quality. So what is very clear in all this is, that the aspect of importance is the quality. And Allah Ta'ala also wants the quality from us. In many places in the Quran Sharif, this is very, very clearly outlined. تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكُ وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah Ta'ala created this whole system of life and death. Why? لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ To test you. This is one very, very fundamental aspect that we tend to forget and if we truly keep this in mind this aspect that this life is a test then everything becomes it takes a different perspective if a person is conscious all the time that life is a test then he'll be conscious of how to try and pass the test we are now in that time of the year when everybody who is studying something or the other they are in the frame of examination that mindset of examination recently in the past few weeks before this break started of the schools whatever there used to be many requests many emails many and to anybody and everyone for that matter that I'm busy preparing for my exams make dua now that was still this mud or this middle of this second half of the year wait till the end of the year comes and when the final exams are looming 
And then the situation is that every person, let alone that student himself, his parents and his family and his extended family and some distant family, everybody is concerned. This person must pass this test, pass this examination. All are making dua for him. Somebody is giving some suggestions. Somebody is giving some kind of other support, moral support. Why? Because there's an examination. Everybody is to pass this. So likewise, if we are conscious all the time, this dunya is an examination. This life in dunya is an examination. So now, this life has to be led in such a way that a person passes his exam. And as we discussed on many occasions, that in examination, there are many restrictions. There are many rules. There are many limitations. A person in examination hall cannot do as he wants. He cannot talk, he cannot walk around, he cannot eat, he cannot read something else, he cannot be doing what he wants to do, he'll have to do only what he is allowed to do in order to fulfill that test, to pass that examination, to write that paper. And in order to pass it, he does what he's required to do. So one is that if a person is conscious of this aspect of, its exa- of it being a, an examination, then he'll make the necessary sacrifices. Like the person wanting to pass that examination, then he's burning the midnight oil, then he's waking up early in the morning to study also. He's not getting carried away by friends who want to invite him to some kind of party and some kind of merrymaking. He says, no, I'm busy studying. So, very crucial paper tomorrow. I can't be walking around and running around and having a merry time and I got an examination in front of me. So he's ready to make the sacrifices for the exam. Why? Because he knows what comes after the sacrifices. So likewise, if a person is conscious of this dunya and this life in dunya being a test, then he'll be ready for the sacrifices that come to pass the test. He'll be ready to wake up early in the morning and to be in the masjid for Fajr Salah. That's a sacrifice. But just as the person writing the test and exam is prepared to burn the midnight oil, this person is also prepared to wake up early in the morning and to make sure he's there for Fajr Salah. He's ready to wait till Isha Salah time comes in. He's very tired, whatever the case is. But he'll perform his Isha with Jamaat and then go to sleep. Why? Because he wants to pass this test. And Allah knows best that might be the last time that he gets a chance to do something good for this test. He might go to sleep in the night, he might not wake up in the morning. How often this happens? How often it happens a person woke up in the morning, didn't see the night? And there was absolutely no sign at that time that this person won't make it. He seemed to be the most healthy person around. But he's gone. But when he's conscious that this is a test, this examination, he's ready to do what it takes. He's ready to control his tongue in that examination hall. It's exam now, he can't talk, so he won't talk. And now if it's an oral examination, so the oral examination now he needs to speak in a very, very correct way. Now he'll choose his words, because he's in a test now. If he talks to the examiner anyhow, that examiner might get irritated with him, that might be the end of his exam. So now he'll choose his words. And he will be very careful about how he says it. One is that he must say the right thing, 
Uh, he's even trying to say it in a very, very nice way, so the examiner also feels very happy about it. Maybe he might get some bonus marks. So he's prepared to control whatever he says. And sometimes that examiner might be somebody who is not too thrilled about, then too he wants to make him happy. He's not too thrilled about the person for whatever the reason may be, but he still wants to make him happy. Why? Because I must get my full marks. So the exam makes a person conduct himself very differently. What he does, how he does it, what he says, how he says it, everything takes a different line. And likewise, that examination, because he understands it's an examination, whatever little difficulties come in the line of that exam, now he's sitting there three hours, four hours, and busy writing, and he's hungry, and says, well, this time will pass. He's ready to take that difficulty because he understands that this is the dictates of the exam. Likewise, in dunya, there are various challenges that come, which is part of this exam. And in all this, if a person is conscious of this exam, then it becomes easy for him to take this in his stride. Now, the person who is in the exam, he'll do what he can to try and ease the situation for himself. But he knows this will pass just now. So this is what Allah Ta'ala is speaking about in this ayat. الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ Allah Ta'ala has created life and death. لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ To test you. Everything is a test here. Everything is a test. But who's going to pass the test? لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا the one who does the best of actions. Now there is a minimum quantity required also. Person performs four salah instead of five, he's going to fail. No matter how well he performs at four. He's not going to pass. He won't make the pass mark. Performed four, but he needs 50% to pass. If he got 40%, he's not going to pass. That 40% is there. But he needs a minimal mark. So likewise, one is the minimum amount in certain things, there's no compromise on that. Five daily salah, the minimal amount that is compulsory in zakat, a person hajj is first upon him to perform the hajj, fasting in the month of Ramadan. But then together with that, Allah Ta'ala wants quality. What is stated in the ayat is, not the one who then performs the most actions. There is the basic minimum that's never... No compromise on that. But then, it is not just the excessive amount of actions. Allah Ta'ala says, Ahsanu amala, best of actions. When a person is buying something, he wants to buy the best. So Allah Ta'ala wants the best from us. Who will do the best? And in many, many ayat of the Quran Sharif, you will find all the aspects mentioned about sifat. Where the promises of Allah Ta'ala are linked with sifat, qualities. Innahu mayyattaqi wa yasbir. In this ayat that we decided, Allah Ta'ala speaks about two particular qualities, which summarizes all the other things to a great extent. That the person who adopts taqwa and sabr, he adopts taqwa, if he adopts taqwa, he will make sure that he fulfills the rights of everybody else. If he adopts taqwa, he'll fulfill hukukullah. 
He won't shirk in hukukullah because now taqwa will make him fulfill all the hukuk of Allah Ta'ala. So he'll perform his salah, he'll pay his zakat, his fasting, his hajj. And all the other rights of Allah Ta'ala he'll fulfill and discharge. Why? Because of taqwa. And if he has taqwa in him, he'll fulfill hukukul ibad. Taqwa will make him fulfill the rights of the servants of Allah Ta'ala. He won't harm anybody. He won't hurt anyone. He won't oppress anybody. He won't take anybody's things wrongfully. He will be able to fulfill all the rights of people with the fuel of taqwa. Because taqwa will make him conscious of the day of qiyamah. Taqwa will make him conscious of the akhirat. The dunya, dunya is a very very temporary place. Here I can get away with many things. Apparently. Somebody takes away somebody's property, somebody usurps somebody's right, somebody trumples somebody's right, somebody hurts someone, or whatever carries on. That is something in dunya a person can apparently get away. But if he has taqwa, he can see the akhirat in front of him. So taqwa will make him fulfill hukukullah, taqwa will make him fulfill hukukul ibad. But dunya is dunya, you get all kinds of situations in dunya, all kinds of people in dunya. So therefore together with taqwa, he needs sabr. If he has taqwa, he'll fulfill the rights of everyone. And if he has sabr, if somebody doesn't fulfill his rights, that won't make him do something that's out of line. If he has sabr, he'll remain despite whatever the challenges are, he'll remain within the limits of shariat and deen. These are sifat, these are qualities. When you buy something, we feel it, we test it. What is it? What is the quality of this fabric? Or this fruit? Or this food? Or whatever it is, we inspect it. And you see the quality in it. Now it is to, to inspect the heart. How much of taqwa, how much of sabr there is there? Is there that level of taqwa that enables me to fulfill the hukukullah? and fulfill the hukukul ibad. And is there enough sabr that helps me to stay within the limits of deen when faced with any challenge? And what will make all this possible when a person is conscious of the test? It's all an examination. When the person has a taqwa, he won't abuse anyone. And when he has the sabr, he'll be able to take the abuse of someone. He will address the matter if it is requiring to be addressed, but he won't overstep the line and the, the, the boundaries of Shariat and Deen, within that limits. And he'll be aspiring still for the highest marks. So in order for the highest marks, then he'll be aspiring for akhlaq, which is also part of sifat, qualities. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Wasallam has given the virtue of akhlaq, that the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah, khuluqin hasan, good akhlaq, good character. Now he wants the highest marks, he wants a distinction, he wants to get an A, he wants to get an A plus, he'll be aspiring for akhlaq. Fine, there's a lot of sacrifice in this, but I'll get better marks, I'll get greater distinction, better prizes. So all this comes down to the aspect of developing sifat, developing qualities. And people of qualities were the people who succeeded in dunya, 
and qualities are the basis on which the success of akhirat comes. All the qualities, whether it is of ikhlas, starting off right from the root, that ikhlas, to the extent that that quality of ikhlas is there, that quality will feed and nourish everything else. If that seed is very, very healthy, then that tree that comes out of that seed will be similar. The fruit of that tree will also be very healthy. It will become export quality. It will export itself in everything. Like that fruit becomes export quality, it goes to far corners of the world. Likewise, if that ikhlas is very, very deep, that seed of ikhlas is very healthy, then that ikhlas will come not only in a person's salah, that is only performing salah for Allah Ta'ala alone. Even the smile on his face will be only for Allah Ta'ala, not for anybody else. The word of some light-heartedness also, that should be for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. So that too will be said in a way that will earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. If he's interacting with somebody, it will be how he can earn Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. That ikhlas. If he is upset with somebody, that too will only be where the dictates of the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala demands it. Man ahabba lillah wa abghada lillah. He loves, he loves for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And if he is unhappy with someone, then that too only on the basis of Allah Ta'ala's, for Allah Ta'ala's sake, not for the sake of his nafs, not for the sake of his ego, for the sake of his desires, or on that basis. That will be the effect of the ikhlas. Ikhlas is there, this will come and permeate in all this. And to the extent that that ikhlas is deep and really genuine, now it will export itself, number one, in all the things he does. When he speaks, in his day-to-day work, whatever it is. And then that benefit will go far and wide in various forms. So the ikhlas, and then together with the ikhlas, all the various other amal, everything else, all the various other sifat, aspect of tawazu and humility. To the extent that this humility is in him, to that extent he'll be elevated in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. When this humility is in him, many, many things that sometimes are very difficult for us, very difficult. But when the reality of humility is in a person, these outwardly very difficult things become very easy. Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz rahmatullahi such a great personality, regarded as the, after the Khulafai Rashidin, that this person is the fifth Khalifai Rashid. After Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu majma'een, he's given the rank of the fifth Khalifai Rashid. Now, what a great personality. And his taqwa and all the qualities that he possessed were really very great. The khashiyat, the fear of Allah Ta'ala. Now it is in the time of his khilafat, in the time when he is the Amir al-Mu'mineen. And he's nearing the days of Eid. So his wife says to him, that look, it's close to Eid day now. All the children of the neighborhood and everybody will all be having new clothes. This is the strangest thing that the children of the Amirul Mu'mineen will be in tattered clothes. 
Everybody else will be happy that they got good clothes, but there's the Khalifa of the time, and his children are going to be in tattered clothes. And how broken hearted they will be. So can't we do something? Now he was the Khalifa of the time, but he refused to take anything from the Baytul Mal beyond that very basic stipend and allowance, which could barely just make ends meet. The most basic and very, very basic level, almost poverty level. So in any case, he also thought about this and he said, very well, let's do something. So he wrote to the treasurer. The treasurer is who? The treasurer is the person who is working for him, appointed by him. And he writes to him that, look, if you could give me the this month's salary in advance, so at the end of the month I won't take anything, but it will just help to now take care of this situation that I have. Be able to buy some clothes for the children. So the treasurer writes back, now who is writing back to? He's writing back to the Amirul Mu'mineen, the Khalifa of the time. Saying to him that whatever your instruction, that is, I have taken wholeheartedly, but this much is the question only, that has the Amirul Mu'mineen any guarantee that he will live the month? So in other words, you'll be taking the salary in advance, for having worked the month. But the month hasn't passed yet. And if you don't live till the end of the month, then you have taken the salary for something that you didn't work for. And if you took the salary that you didn't work for, then you are taking the public money. You're taking somebody else's property. So that won't be permissible. This was the essence of this. This was the crux of what he was saying in this. He says that, has the Amiru Mu'mineen any guarantee that he will live the month? And if there is no guarantee for that, then why take the burden of people's amanat on your shoulders? Now, who is writing to? He is writing to the Khalifa of the time, who is his own superior, who has appointed him on the duty, who is his boss. And now when this letter comes back, Umar bin Abdulaziz reads it, and then he calls for him. And he calls for him and he is very, very grateful and thankful to him. Jazakallah, you have really helped me. Now who can do this? Somebody who is his junior, who is his subordinate, who has been appointed by him. And he is correcting him. And who correcting who? Correcting the Amir Mu'minin of the time. And there wasn't something that was so wrong in it either. Because he was currently in office. At the most, if he didn't end up working, he would have to pay back. But nevertheless, he wholeheartedly accepted that correction. And he thanked him. Now, where, did, where does this come from? It comes from sifat. It comes from qualities. The quality of the person. What is his quality? One is to have that car shining outwardly. But if that engine is not in order, then what is going to be the use of that car? How far is it going to go? That shining bodywork, what is going to really benefit? <coughs> so the outer appearance also is important. You don't want to drive around in a rusty car. Nobody wants to do that. That outer appearance is important, that it must be in order. But the essence is inside it. The heart and soul is inside, that engine. So likewise, 
the outer appearance is very important in the mu'min also. That outer appearance also has to conform to what Allah Ta'ala has given us through Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That too is very important. But the real thing that we will be checked for is the quality inside. Together with this, outer appearance is important. There's marks given for this too. But the real thing that will be bringing that passing situation is what is inside. What qualities are there? How much of taqwa is there? How much of sabr is there? Sabr, as we said that these are two very comprehensive things. One is that if he has the taqwa, he'll fulfill hukukullah, he'll fulfill hukukul ibad. If he has sabr, if somebody else tamples his rights, it won't make him come out of the limits of deen. If somebody else tampled his right, that person committed zulm. So in return what he does, he commits double zulm. So he was first the mazloom, he was the oppressed. But then in his reaction he became the oppressor. So what good did he do? Two wrongs, as they say two wrongs don't make a right. Somebody did some wrong to him, so in retaliation now he started using all flowery languages. So what that person did was wrong, but his reaction, that wasn't right either. So now if he's got sabr, he will remain within the limits of deen. If he wants to take some actions, he will take the action. It will be within the limits of Sharia. That's one part of the sabr. If he has sabr, then that sabr will keep him away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. Just as it keep him away from crossing the limits of deen in his relationship with people. It will keep him from disobeying Allah Ta'ala. When he is tempted towards haram, that's a time of sabr. When he's tempted towards haram and to abstain from it at that time. And it appears that the heart is breaking. But he says if the heart breaks, let it break, I won't break Allah Ta'ala's command. Now that's a time of sabr. So these two qualities that are mentioned in this ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّهُ وَيَصْبِرْ That the one who has qualities, and this is the crux of all the qualities required. Person who has taqwa, and he has sabr. Then, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah Ta'ala does not allow the reward of those who do good to go in vain. So there's a lot of sacrifices in this, in adopting this taqwa, adopting this sabr. But just as a person goes now for some long cause, he's studying somewhere far away from home, a lot of sacrifices and day in and day out toiling and burning the midnight oil, and two, three, four years, six years are gone now. But he's ready for all that. Why? Because he says after all this is done, then there's a lot of reward in this. So for the reward, he's ready for it. And that reward is also just a hope. It might work out, it might not work out in terms of dunya. The rewards of dunya, for all the toils of dunya, is a hope. Whereas the rewards of akhirat is a conviction. The rewards of akhirat, there's no doubt in it. For the person who adopts taqwa, and adopts sabr, then let alone the rewards of akhirat, even the barakat of that that comes in dunya is a certainty. It's a certainty. No doubt in it. But in dunya everything is not just like as the person presses the switch and the light comes on, you can see it very clearly how it happened. It happens in very very subtle ways. 
happens in very very subtle ways where he cannot sometimes even fathom the link between the two things. The incident of the people of the cave, the people who got trapped in the cave, it's a well-known incident in Bukhari Sharif, people were traveling and the storm broke and they took refuge in the cave and now this huge rock that came and suddenly fell in right in front of the mouth of the cave. And there was no way of escaping. Now it was just to wait for death. So eventually now they turn to Allah Ta'ala and they present those amal that had quality in it. Each one presents an amal that had qualities in it. One person presents the amal of his parents' khidmat. The lengthy incident is getting to the crux of it. One person presented that amal. Waited at the bedside of the parents with that milk until the morning came away. Waiting for them, just now they'll wake up, just now they'll wake up and the morning came away. But this amal was filled with ikhlas. There was no ulterior motive in it. Allahumma in kana hada. Ya Allah, if this amal was purely for your pleasure, then fafruj anna ma nahnu fi. Allah, remove this rock from us. Now that was the dua he made. He presented that amal which had quality in it. Allah Ta'ala caused the rock to move. A little bit. The other person presented the amal of being fair to the employee and not just fair, but being very, very kind and being very compassionate to the employee. He made ihsan. He wasn't responsible to take that. The incident is, we've discussed on many occasions perhaps, that that person left his salary and went away. So this person then took it and invested it. And it grew and grew over time. And finally when that person came and said, please give me what my due is. So he said, this whole valley of goats, all this is yours, take it and go. So he says, please don't mock me. I came for what I was due. Now he knew he was due for something little bit. So he says, I'm not mocking you. I invested that and I looked after it and it grew. All this is yours, take it all. But he did it for what? For Allah Ta'ala alone. There was no ulterior motive. It wasn't that, well, I'll do this, maybe it'll become a good advert for me. Then I'll get more customers. He didn't have that. Like now, maybe I'll print some literature, so it'll be able to now be put into the masjid. So what that will allow? It'll allow for the my business to also get advertised in the masjid. Because that will now be embossed there. Now sometimes these are very subtle things, which the mind and the nafs plays games with us. There's sometimes some work apparently of deen, but is it mixed with the maqsad of dunya? Is it mixed with that, that the, this must become the means of my business getting advertised in the masjid? So he presented this which was for Allah Ta'ala alone, the kindness, kindness to that employee. And the third person presented that moment of sheer temptation, when he was on the verge of committing haram. And at that moment, the fear of Allah Ta'ala came, when that person he was about to commit the haram would said, Ittaqillah, fi Allah Ta'ala. And he turned away from there. Left that money that he gave also. But purely out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. Not for any other purpose at that time. Allah Ta'ala's fear. Allah Ta'ala accepted that. Now what was all this? These were sifat. 
the fear of Allah Ta'ala, the kindness to the employee, that ikhlas in all these amal, all these is sifat. And the sifat are deep down in the heart, which then express themselves in everything. Provided that is ikhlas in it, that these sifat will express themselves with sincerity in everything a person does. And these sifat make a person now acceptable in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. The extent that these sifat are in us. Otherwise, the a'mal, a'mal can be very great. But if that amal is devoid of sifat, in the hadith sharif it comes, a person performs salah. He performed the salah. He came to the masjid, he made wudu, it might have been a cold day, it might have not been any hot water. He took all that sacrifice and time and effort. And now he performed the salah also. But devoid of sifat, it was a haphazard salah. Haphazard salah, Nabi Islam says it raises barely above the person's head and then is thrown back at his face like a dirty rag. And the salah curses him, بَيَّعَكَ اللَّهِ كَمَا بَيَّعْتَنِي May Allah Ta'ala destroy you as you have destroyed me. Like the salah is cursing somebody what is left. Now that salah was devoid of sifat, this was the end result. So Allah Ta'ala is asking us also for quality. That to the extent that we bring qualities within ourselves, we'll become closer to Allah Ta'ala, become acceptable to Allah Ta'ala. Qualities in our ibadat, quality in our akhlaq, in our mu'amalat, in our mu'asharat, in every aspect of life, to develop these qualities, to bring in this taqwa in our lives, bring in this tawazu and humility, humble ourselves in front of Allah Ta'ala, humble ourselves in front of these servants of Allah Ta'ala. This humility is a very great thing. And this is not just an external thing. This too is an internal thing. That a person truly believes himself to be nothing. To the extent that this is acquired, we look at very great people, but what was their, what was the level of their humility in their hearts? What they thought of themselves? Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha is on her deathbed. And what, what virtue she has been given, what great glad tidings she was given in the hadith. Now she is on her deathbed. And Abdullah bin Abbas comes and he says certain things in praise of her. So what is her response? How I wish I was a forgotten thing. I didn't exist. Nobody even knew I existed. Why? Out of thinking nothing of herself. And now I'm nothing and I'm going to face Allah Ta'ala. How am I going to face Him? Hazrat Umar ta'ala is on his last moments. And somebody comes and praises him. MashaAllah, you are that personality and this, and you have done these great, great things. And his response, that how I wish that I just come out even. Even if I don't get any reward, but I'm not taken to task for anything. I'm not punished for anything, I'm not taken to task for anything. I'll be happy with that much. In other words, he's not regarding all his great works to as anything. That I can't regard it as anything at all. I'll just be happy if I'm not taken to task for anything. That to be Allah Ta'ala's favor upon me. Now this is the condition of the heart speaking at the time of death. At that time, it is only what is the reality inside that speaks. All the outer things and all the pretenses, everything is left at that time. 
So this comes when a person has developed qualities in his heart, has developed qualities in his life. And this is what Allah Ta'ala wants from us, أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ amala. Who is the one that has the best of qualities, that's, that's the best of actions. And the best actions is the one that has sifat in it, qualities in it. Where do these sifat come from? That is the thing to acquire, where does it come from? So this comes by studying the lives of people who had sifat in them. That is why there's so much of importance of this talim of the fazail kitabs and especially the lives of the sahaba. That this is the lesson that is involved in it. Of these are people with sifat. All the various incidents of the sahaba, this brings out the sifat that they had. What they did was as a result of their sifat. So when a person will keep reading this, repeatedly studying it, reading it, listening to it, that this rubs off. By being in the company of people of sifat, when a person is in the company of people who are all the time only engaged in dunya and talking about dunya, he'll do, that will become his. What is his mind then? He will also be thinking all the time how to make 2 into 20 and 20 into 200 and 200 into 2 million. And then that there's no end to it. There's never an end to it. Because inflation will keep making the goalpost change. So what was last year's target? This year that is not good enough now. This year there has to be a new target. And this goes on and on. There's no end to it. So now if he's sitting in that company all the time, hearing all that kind of talk all the time, he's going to start thinking in that manner. And he's going to be seeing that all the time, that is what he was, that's going to become his life. And he's in the company of those who have sifat, those who are concerned about developing sifat in their lives. And this will rub off onto him also. There is no way of escaping the effect of company. If a person tries to escape it too, he can't. If it's good, the good will come. If it's bad company, the bad will come. It's not possible to escape the effects of company. So, by being in these kind of situations where a person is in the company of those who have sifat, who are concerned about developing sifat, by reading about the lives of the people of sifat, the sahaba kiram from Nabi Salaam Sirat, sahaba kiram all the Ahlullah, the pious personalities of the past, reading about their lives, reading about their akhlaq, reading about all the various things that, how they reacted to situations in their lives, all these are lessons for us. And when these, these sifat will be developed in our lives, one is this dunya, the life in dunya will become easy. Challenges are with everybody. But that will be something that will become easy to go through. You all have to pass through the road, but it becomes easier to go pass through it. One person went past some place, and he went past comfortably. Meaning he managed to go through. Another person went past the same place, but because there was blood lying around, he never saw blood in his life. So he fainted. Now the both people walked through the same road. One managed to walk it, the other fainted. He collapsed. Because there was blood around. Something, whatever, somebody got hurt or something, there was blood, he couldn't handle it. Recently, in, just before Bakrid, adult person, must be in his, well, early twenties or something, Asked him, where are you going to be making qurbani? So he said, no, I will be far away. So what do you mean you'll be far away? What kind of talk is that? 
He said, I can't handle seeing the blood. So he said, but he says, no, no, I know, I tried. I'm not saying that this is something that is right about me, but I can't do it. I said, well, you have to come closer at the time, take a few steps closer, start seeing it little from little closer, and then take more steps after some time until you finally get right there. But the thing is, you have to come and get yourself into it. But the point is that he's somebody, he says he can't just, can't take the side of it. Seeing blood flowing, he can't take the side of it. So now, one person took it very easily, he went through past. Not that this was a pleasant sight for him too. But he managed to go past, and the other person didn't manage it. Why? What is the difference? The difference is that capacity inside. That capacity that was built to be able to take it. That is part of sifat. So the challenge will be the challenge. But when a person has turned to Allah Ta'ala, then that capacity is built inside to be able to go through the challenge. Not that a person should ever ask for challenges. Always ask for afiyat. But sifat make those... In the Hadith Sharif, there is a dua of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to make this dua, Allahumma qsim lana min khashyatika ma tahulu bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asiyatik. Ya Allah, grant me that amount of fear. Now this too is sifat. It's a quality. Ya Allah, grant me that amount of fear that becomes a barrier between me and sin. That if ever I am tempted towards sin, then this fear holds me back. And, وَمِن طَاعَتِكَ مَا تُبَلِّغُنَا بِهِ جَنَّتَكَ Allah, enable me to obey you to that extent that this takes me to Jannat. That amount of obedience which doesn't compromise the minimums in any way. At least that much of obedience I must have that I go straight to Jannat. There must be no going via Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala protect us. And then the third thing in this dua Nabi Sallallahu used to make is, وَمِنَ الْيَقِينَ وَمِنَ الْيَقِينِ مَا تُهَوِّنُ بِهِ عَلَيْنَا مَسَائِبَ الدُّنْيَا Ya Allah, grant me that degree of yaqeen, that degree of conviction and yaqeen in you, which makes it very easy for me to overcome the difficulties of dunya. <coughs> All the calamities of dunya, Ya Allah, you grant me that amount of yaqeen, which makes the overcoming the difficulties and calamities of dunya easy. Sifat, among them is yaqeen. And the extent of yaqeen that a person has will make the going past through the challenges easy. The challenges will be there, but it will become easy. Challenges is part of dunya. This is part of the life of this world. So, all this boils down to developing sifat. And to the extent that these sifat have been acquired, then all this becomes easy to go through. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq that we acquire all these sifat, especially the things that we discussed in terms of innahu mayyattaqi wa yasbir. That the person who has taqwa and sabr, Allah ta'ala grant us his taqwa and sabr in reality. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alam. Beside the Rujan.
reported in the Hadith Sharif that the person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of doing righteous amal and staying away from sin. And this will become the means of his gaining this great position on the day of Qiyamah. When saying La ilaha will bring to heart and bring to mind that all the negatives, all the evil and filth, whatever is in the heart, all the ghayrullah, whatever is besides Allah Ta'ala, everything has been taken and thrown out. And illallah, there's a noor that is settling in the heart and illuminating the heart. This is the love of Allah Ta'ala. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah 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 La ilaha 
محمد الرسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله عم نواله الله 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 اللہ 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 کیسا پیارا نام ہے عاشقوں کا مینہ اور جام ہے اللہ اللہ کیسا پیارا نام ہے عاشقوں کا مینہ اور جام ہے آہ راجز آسما حمدم نبود راز را غیر خدا محرم نبود آہ راجز آسما حمدم نبود راز را غیر خدا محرم نبود الہی ای بندرا رسوا مکن گربدم من سر من پیدا مکن الہی ای بندرا رسوا مکن کربدمن سر من پیدا مکن ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آجا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آجا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 لا الہ الا اللہ محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم
اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدعنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسبتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله every second, every millisecond يا الله Allah your unlimited bounty and ni'mats are being showered upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, but we have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all your ni'mats and bounties we have used, Ya Allah. Yet we have disobeyed you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us and the entire ummah from the azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you save us and protect us from every evil, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. Protect us from the sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah. Protect us from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Protect us from the sins of the heart, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts of all the evil, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with all the good qualities, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with taqwa, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with sabr, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with qanat and contentment, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with, Ya Allah, tawakkul, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with khashiyat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with inabat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with every good, Ya Allah. Remove every evil from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the pride, the arrogance, the malice, the jealousy, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the love of the ego, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the love of dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allahumma zukna hubbak. وحب من يحبك والعمل الذي يبلغنا حبك اللهم اجعل حبك أحب إلينا من أنفسنا وأهلينا ومن الماء البارد إله العالمين يا الله يلا فل وحات بدي لبه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يلا grant us a love of his مبارك سنة يا الله يلا save us from the ways of the يهود النصارى يا الله remove the ways of يهود النصارى from our lives يا الله إله العالمين يا الله make us your true and obedient servants يا الله يلا save us from all the فتنة والفساد يا الله يلا save us from the fitna and fasad of the phones, Ya Allah. Save us from the fitna and fasad of the internet, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the fitna and fasad of social media, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from the fitna and fasad of everything that is around us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the evils and temptations, Ya Allah, you protect us and save us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, keep us on sirat mustaqim Ya Allah. Allah, keep us on sirat mustaqim Ya Allah. Allah, save us and guide us, Ya Allah. Allah, only in your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illa Allah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, Allah, take us on iman kamil ya Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah, Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah, Allah, save us from a bad death, ya Allah, save us from death in a condition of sin,
sin, Ya Allah. Ila save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Ila save us from ever being in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Ila grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ila give us Jannah to for those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ila all those who have passed away from our families, from throughout the Ummah. Ya Allah, you forgive them, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Ila fill their covers with noor, Ya Allah. Ila grant them the high stages in the Akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are sick, give them shifa kamila, adila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of the illness, Ya Allah. Allah, whatever hardships, difficulties, Ya Allah, anxieties, worries, depression, anybody is suffering in. Ya Allah, you remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant happiness in the hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, grant tranquility and sukoon in the hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you give us the sifat, Ya Allah. Allah, you fill us with good qualities, Ya Allah. Allah, we have become so materialistic, Ya Allah. Allah, the only value we know is of dunya, Ya Allah. The only qualities we know is of dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, give us the qualities of iman, Ya Allah. Give us the qualities of akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the qualities that are beloved to you, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the qualities that are going to take us through the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the qualities that will take us straight to Jannah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you bless us with strong iman, Ya Allah. Bless us with complete yaqeen, Ya Allah. Bless us with tawakkul, Ya Allah. Allah, bless us with all the beautiful qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa begged for. Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sought refuge from, Allah, we also seeking protection, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag. Wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliyya al-azim. جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل ربنا تقبل منا تقبل منا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين